Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. Are you ready to take it to another level? I know I am, and I want to welcome you back to the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And this is a masterclass, and this is for leaders, for those who are looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. And if you appreciate what we do, we would appreciate if you subscribe to the show um, if you gave us a rating and a review, we certainly appreciate, you know, five-star reviews, but, but I want to welcome Holly Williams to the show. Holly, how are you doing today? How are you doing? It's good to be here. Well, it's great to have you. And, um, you know, Holly and I met actually very, very recently, but, uh, you know, she's really got that energy of, you know, somebody who's looking to serve and do the right things. And I think you'd be highly encouraged and inspired by our discussion today. So I'm looking forward to diving into it. And so I want to tell you a little bit about Holly. So Holly works with the best syndicators in the business to bring passive real estate investment opportunities to accredited and sophisticated investors. To date, Holly has co-syndicated over 17 multifamily apartment communities, encompassing over 3,500 units with a combined valuation of over $350 million. Holly has been a real estate investor for over 20 years. Her active real estate portfolio includes rental apartments in Brooklyn, New York, single-family homes in the New Orleans, Louisiana region, and upstate New York, and passive investments in Ohio, Texas, Tennessee, Florida, and South Carolina. She holds a BA and an MA in advertising communications from Texas Tech University and was named the Outstanding Alumni of the College of Media and Communications in 2011. So, uh, so Holly, we always talk about these bios, and we love our bios. And, uh, you know, I'd love to know more about who is Holly behind this bio well so I'm I'm from Texas probably you might have figured out but I've been a New Yorker now for 30 years so I think that I guess that makes me a New Yorker and I married a New Yorker so I feel like I was sort of sit right in the middle of two different worlds you know Texas is like a whole other country right and so I live in I lived in Manhattan for eight or nine years and then I met my husband and we moved to Brooklyn and you know, if you don't have a child, when you move to Brooklyn, if you don't have a child in the first three years, they boot you back to Manhattan, right? So, <laughs> so we had a daughter and she's 15. And so it's just been an amazing, you know, a journey, if you will. And, and so I feel, I feel very fortunate to have, uh, you know, I've been putting one foot in front of the other and trying to take advantage of you know, the opportunities that are out there of which there are many, right? So I feel, feel very, very lucky. So you're talking to a lucky person. That's awesome. You know, one of the things that I've, I've really recognized about you very quickly is that you're playing at the highest level, you're playing life at the highest level. And I'm curious to know, you know, when was there a moment in your life where you just really kind of drew that line in the sand and said, I'm not accepting, you know, average, I'm not accepting mediocre, and I'm willing to strive for uncommon results? It's interesting because I don't feel like, you know, and I tell my daughter this too, it's, it's like there's always someone better and bigger than you. And what you have to do is really, or what I've 
tried to do is, is, you know, be myself, be authentic and be, you know, do the best I can with kind of what God gave me. You know, it's, everyone has gifts. You know, my, I, when I when we started getting my daughter into these schools, they have like this gifted and talented program. And I'm, and it really, really turned me off because I think that, that the whole deal is to find out what you're gifted and talented with. That every kid, every person has gifts and talents and assets. That it's a matter of, of using those. And, you know, I have friends that have risen to the top of the corporate world. You know, I like to say I clawed, clawed and scratched my way to the middle, right? And, and I never really liked it. I mean, honestly, and I've never been a plugger, if you will, where I go in and organize the same, you know, little bit every day. And I, you know, so, so some of my best friends have different assets than I do. Right. And, and so, you know, you, you kind of have to, it is what it is, you know? And so you can do, I think it's more of a trying to learn and be the best you can be with the talents that you have. I'll never be a, an engineer, for instance, right? it's just not going to happen. You know, my daughter's a swimmer. She loved gymnastics. She's not, a, I mean, sorry, she's five, nine in the 10th grade and it's not going to happen. Most of the gymnasts are teeny people, right? She's not a teeny person and neither am I. So it's just like, that's the way it is. Right. So when I landed in New York, in 1990, I grew up in Texas and, you know, the, the hair and the cheerleaders, all this stuff. I was in the band and I was just always kind of myself as much as I could be. And I landed in New York and I was like, oh my God, it was not me. You know, <laughs> so, so I've, I've been here ever since. So. so you were able to identify your own sort of unique talents, your own unique gifts as you made that transition, as you made that geographic transition. Um, you know, was there... You know, was there something else other than sort of your identity or was it also going through that corporate sort of climb that you were like, man, I just didn't love this, that it sort of, did it take you a while to get to that point where you said, look, now I'm, now I'm going to, you know, change and, and really kind of seek, you know, something that's extremely uncommon. It was a long while actually. And I didn't really, I'm a big believer in coaching and I, I don't have very many regrets, but um, I always knew in the back of my head, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I always knew that, that even the best athletes have coaches. And so it really, it, I'm embarrassed to tell you that it was in my 50s when I hired Trevor McGregor for, to coach me that, that really, you know, helped me identify and, and own uh, what I was really good at and the types of people that I work best with. <laughs> and that was when the light bulb went off and I said, I will never be able to work with the person I'm working for right now. It's just not going to happen. There's too many, there's too many things that we're so far apart. And it was just obvious that, that's, that was, I, this is why I've been having trouble. This is what's wrong. This is why I'm not fulfilled. And, and I've been successful and not successful in business, you know, but, but I think that, that transitioning to real estate full time, I was an investor first. And so I was a successful investor and I began to see what multifamily syndication 
did for my life. And it gave me the courage to overcome some of those maps of the world. You know, we all have a map of the world and my map of the world uh, can change. Your map of the world can change, but it's very difficult to change that map of the world that we're given by the environment that we grow up in. And, and the way society wants us to view things, you see it all the time. We're bombarded 24 seven. It's like everybody's opinion. And you don't even know what's true and what's not true. And so, you know, I think that I've tried to take my little corner of the universe and do what I can and uh, not bother with what I can't change. Right. Yeah. I think one of the, I, I heard this recently. It was like, we don't even sometimes realize how influenced we are not only just by our immediate environment, but by culture and by society and all these different things. Like even if you shut yourself out to all these different forces and try to kind of keep yourself in this cocoon, I mean, it, it still permeates to everything and you almost don't even realize a lot of this stuff. So it's like, it takes a long time to be able to just introspect and just say, all right, well, why am I acting this way? Or why do I have a certain belief? And, you know, really it may not be your own belief. It may be a belief that was implanted, you know, to you from external factors. So I think kind of taking ownership of that process, you know, at least for me has been huge and it sounds like the same for you. Um, so I'd, what I'd like to do is I'd like to fast forward a little bit to, to now, you know, to, to what's going on with you now. And, you know, what Elevate is all about is about raising the bar and, you know, stretching, you know, stretching our limits from wh where we thought they were before, right? So I'd love to know what's an example of how you've raised the bar recently in your business um, that has really kind of, you know, expanded your own results? So, yeah, and, and that's kind of an easy one, actually, because um, you may know Joe Fairless. Well, I, he's from Texas and I'm from Texas. So put two and two together and I've known him for a long time, long before he got into multifamily. And, and so when he got into multifamily, we were both in, passionate about real estate and we both had that, but, he asked me, he said, I found in a, a guy that I'm going to learn how to buy apartments. And then he asked me, he called me and said, he's found an apartment complex. You know, he was looking for investors. And so I invested. And then through that, I began to learn kind of some of the magic of this. Right. And I didn't know about it. I honestly was just helping him. And I knew he was a smart guy. And that was that. Then he called me though, two or three months later, he said, Hey, I met this guy, Frank Ross, or, you know, blah, blah. And we've got this deal. And can you help me raise a million dollars? I need a million dollars to do this. Well, I had gotten lucky a couple of times and I worked with AOL back in the day. And I know people, these are people that my net worth is a square root of theirs. Right. And so I said, how hard could that be? So I pick up the phone and I call a couple of people. I called my friend first that sold his last company for $350 million. And he's like, Holly, I lost money in a real estate deal a couple of years ago. Um, I'll uh, invest in your advertising company. If you want to start that, you want a job, whatever, but nah, nah, not gonna do that. and, and you know, that's when I started to realize I thought, that I was the only one that was not aware of, of this type of investment. I thought, oh, 
okay, I've, I know that it's not available in the public markets, but I have all these really wealthy, really smart, really, that all went to Ivy League schools and everything else. And, and so I must be the only one that doesn't know this. And so I picked up the phone. I called another person. They're like, Holly, you know, and I saw, I was like, this is crazy. I had no idea how hard this was going to be. These are people that have lots of money. And so I ended up putting a lot of money in that deal. And that's when I really started seeing the magic when the cash flow started and it was tax deferred and I was paying a lot of money in taxes and three things happened along about the same time. I lost my parents. Both my parents passed away in 2011, 2010, 2012, and they had to withdraw money from the stock market to live. And it was down and it was supposedly in safe things. And I watched their wealth, what little wealth they had totally disappear. And it was, and I watched them get killed in taxes. Then I watched, um, then what happened was I, you know, we get these, I had this financial advisor and I got, you know, you get these 1099s every year. Oh, I made $10,000, whatever. And you, you don't really realize that you're paying capital gains on all this stuff. And I got this, congratulations, you made $65,000. And oh, by the way, you owe 25 grand in capital gains. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't even take money out and everybody said to me oh well that means you're making money that's good and I'm like well wait a minute that's really not that good so the light bulb went off when I started getting this income and a loss on paper at the end of the year and oh that loss also offset some of the profits that I was paying taxes on with rentals rental income so I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And my husband's like, are you sure this is legal? I mean, we went to three CPAs and they're like, I mean, it's just insane. And so that, it's just gone on from there. And so as I went on, I saw my tax bill get lower and lower, my income get higher and higher. And, and I couldn't stop talking about it. So you were able to see that it was so difficult to raise that money. And also then as a function of that, perhaps in that first deal, since you weren't able to raise the full, you know, right. you know, bit that you needed, you invested a large sum yourself. And then you're like, wow, I actually fully believe in this now because you actually started to see the results. And then it sounds like your identity then shifted into, wow, I fully believe in this guys. If you, I mean, you've got to become involved in this because of X, Y, and Z. I mean, it sounded like life at that moment happened for you, not to you, because then it allowed you to shift your identity. Would you say? Correct. And, and so I, I, I was not miserable in my job. Excuse me. That's the bat phone. And, you know, I was not miserable in my job. And honestly, there's a lot of great things about being a corporate fat cat. I mean, seriously, you get the car service to the, you know, you get the, all that stuff. And, and so it's hard to leave. It's hard to leave. And then that thing in your head is like, don't leave a job while you have a job. Don't leave a job while you have a job. And, and so you know, I kind of uh, went on until I had, you know, till I was ready, till I was ready. And people, you know, and I would raise a little money and, and, you know, learn, I learned just a ton. And so now I know what a deal looks like. And I sort of learned along with Joe in a lot of ways.
he he learned lots faster than me. <laughs> Talk to me about the whole thing that you were just talking about, about you pointing to your head. If you're watching this on YouTube, you see that, but you're pointing to your head and the mindset of, you know, leaving that corporate job, that cushy job that does have a lot of benefits in different ways. Um, but taking that leap of faith. So tell me about the thought process that went through that and how did you overcome that? And ultimately, what was the outcome that you felt like was more compelling to take that sort of a leap? Well, it's a map of the world again, right? It's never enough. You know, if you're not living, we have enough. There's so much out there. It is a, an attitude of abundance. And I didn't know what that was. I only knew don't lose your job, have all the savings, you know, have a safety net. It's going to end tomorrow. All of those things. And, and I didn't, didn't have the right mindset. Um, it wasn't a terrible mind. I had the mindset that was given to me by my family and by society and by um, just, you know, and it wasn't until I began to really understand it. And I had read Tony Robbins. I, I mean, all of those things, but I really needed someone to help me really get over that hump. And when I left my job, I was scared to death. I was scared at 58, seven years old and financially, you know, I was okay. Everything was going to be okay. And I knew that all of this stuff cognitively, but I didn't believe it, you know, in here, mm -hmm. you know, and in my head. And so I constantly have to have to make sure that I stay around positive people and people that because I can see it and I've seen it in my own life. We get what we imagine. We get we get what we're open to receiving in this world. We really do. We get and and so every time I approach a relationship like that, like how can I be of service? How can I help someone? I get it back tenfold. You know, and I saw it with my relationship with with Joe Fairley, I mean, you know, I'm in his tribe. I mean, I've gotten back tenfold, you know, but, but it, it was, it was a whole, it's a whole attitude of how can I help and well, there's, share. There's such a difference in really understanding something intellectually and embodying it viscerally and within your heart and within your soul. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really great reminder because there's so much, there's a, a absolute abundance of information out there. It's like almost overwhelming to a point where, you know, we have every single piece of information, but you know, it's like what we've said many times. It's like, you know, if, if it was information was just the, the answer, then, you know, every librarian would be a billionaire, they'd have eight pack abs, they'd have all these different things. Um, but you know, it's really about embodying that. And also, I love the thought of the abundance mindset, because you know, just because what today's circumstances are, doesn't mean that if you take a leap of faith, they can't be you know, different, they can't be greater. Um, and, uh, you know, always having the thought of, you know what, I'm either going to win or learn, and learning is going to help me ultimately win. So I really, really like that. And um, even when you lose, see, there, if you have a, a safety, a, not a safety net, it, it, it's who you surround yourself with. I mean, people will help you. Yeah. You got to surround yourself. If you're, if you're, if your tribe, people you're running around with don't want you to succeed, well, you need to get a different group, you know? And so that, that occurred to me in the corporate world too. There was a lot of, I don't, want you to succeed because if you don't if you succeed that means I won't and that's not 
if you look at the CEOs, they don't have that attitude. I, they really don't. I know that now. That was my exact um, experience in the corporate world as well, is that it was all about politics and it was all about, you know, who can I use to get to the next level? And I'm not saying every single corporation is like that, but I know that that is a, you know, a, a culture in many different organizations. And um, the beautiful thing about real estate that I've learned and noticed is that it is a community of people that want to see each other succeed because we all succeed greater when, you know, each other succeeds and it's not a zero sum game. It's not, you know, me versus you one and one to zero. It's, you know, one plus one equals 10 or more. And um, I think it's a beautiful thing. You can't scale your business without help. A B you can't, especially in multifamily. I've never met anyone who's been able to do one of these things by themselves. I, 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 if, if anybody can, God love them, but I've never met anybody that's yeah. been able to do it themselves. And so, you know, it, it, we actually need each other. <laughs> yeah, there's, you really do because help isn't available with the general public because they don't know what this even is. Yeah. So. So tell me about, so you've made such a huge transition here. I mean, in your life uh, and obviously with your business, I mean, tell me about like, what are some things that you've had to say no to in this process? How have you been able to, you know, be focused on growing your greatest capacity? So that's a great question. Some of it has been lots of people want to get into this and they want help doing this. And I tell them that they need to go get some business experience. You know, you read on bigger pockets and things like don't, don't go to college. Don't do this. I mean, I don't think you have to go to college. You know, everybody takes their own path. Right. So there's a lot of different ways to get to point from point A to point B, but this is executing a business. This is not a way to get rich quick. This is very much very pedestrian. This is not an internet startup. And a lot of the people I know in Silicon Valley and stuff are used to fast pace. They're used to being on the, you know, investing in 10 deals. One of them hits, the other nine lose. They want to get on the board of all these companies and get involved. And, and this is not that, you know, but the older, some of them have called me recently and said, you know, the older I get, the more pedestrian sounds good. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so it's not everybody's there. And so, and it's, it's work. And so that's probably the biggest thing is a lot of people want, want to do this, but they don't want to sacrifice, do what's needed. And, and, and I was the same way for a long time. You know, I, I wasn't willing to, to, to really make this a priority, if you will. And um, that's what, what I've had to do. And once I did that, it, the gates opened up almost, right? So you've had to sacrifice some things. I mean, give us an example of what's one thing that you've had to sacrifice that really wasn't easy to give up to, to reach this path. Well, so I live with a wonderful, wonderful man and we've been married for 18 years and we have a beautiful daughter and he just does not get this. He's like, he t mommy's going to one of those positive conferences. <laughs> You know, and he's a New Yorker, and I 
had to take him to three accountants before. I mean, his last taxes were like, are we going to go to jail, you know? And, and he's coming around and he's not against it. He's just not for it. I know a lot of couples that their spouses are all behind them and they're, and they're, you know, they're all interested in, I mean, like he won't listen to this podcast. I can guarantee you. Right. And so that's okay because he's not telling me don't do it either. You know, he's just not his thing. Right. So, so if I want positive reinforcement, I don't get it at home. <laughs> right. So, but I go elsewhere to get it. And there's plenty of other places I get other things, you know, that are, that are great, but you have to have people around you that give you what you need, whatever it is, whatever that is. Right. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're not getting, you know, you're not getting extra resistance, you know, Correct. from, from your home life. And it's not like they're, they're fighting you against it. Then, you know, not everybody is going to be gung ho about this stuff. I mean, I totally get it. I mean, there's 7 billion people on the planet, you know, we can't all be in the same bucket for sure. So you also have to honor that and realize, look, you don't have to just fit this mold that everyone thinks that, wow, I've got this, you know, super supportive spouse and they're just cheering me on 100%. You can still do it otherwise. And it doesn't make your spouse, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. you know, in the wrong for, for being that way. Um, so with that said, you know, who do you try to surround yourself with, you know, whether it's actually in person or otherwise, you know, who are your role models? So, you know, people like yourself, um, you know, I go to conferences and, and my goal is to not be the smartest person in the room. And that's usually pretty easy, you know, and, you know, and I have, like I said, I have a coach, I have, um, you know, my business partners, like I said, I work, I'm so fortunate. I've been working with the greatest syndicators, the superstars in the business, which is very fortunate, but you know, all the the people that I gravitate to are people that have been in business. I cannot stress this enough that at the end of the day, you have to, whether it's your business or someone else's, you, I mean, I know how to run a P and L and how to manage people. I know how to get, you know, stuff done. I know how to deal with, you know, adversarial people. Um, you know, and, and it's like, it's like, it's really important. And, and I, and I see people all the time. And especially if you're in real estate investing, like single family homes, which is a wonderful thing to do. And you can make lots of money but that you can do yourself. Right. And so if you're used to, you know, they don't, they can't give that control up. And so this is much more of a group effort, which fits my personality just right. Mm -hmm. But others maybe not so. And, and so again, it goes back to finding, finding what you, what, you know, what turns you on and what kind of, what kind of, what, 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 what you really are, are meant to do. What does not feel like work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all about implementing those systems, you know, building systems within your business, whether it's, you know, an organizational structure or whether it's technology, you know, processes, procedures, you know, structures of everything. I mean, it, it, you know, business systems are key, but then also it's implementing and it's, it's operating that on a daily basis, on a consistent basis. Um, because, you know, that's how you're really going to succeed in the long term is mm -hmm. to do that. Because look, anybody can do something great one time. 
But if you can repeat it over and over and over through building of systems and, you know, through leveraging other, other people's talents and giving other people opportunities to be involved in that. I mean, that's, that's truly how you succeed. So I really appreciate you sharing that. There are people that I truly love. I really think they're wonderful and very smart, but they want me to help them with deals and they're not the deals that I want to want to do. They don't meet the criteria that I have to, to feel comfortable putting my investors into. So you know, that's hard too. Well, that's a great reminder. You know, you've got to set your own criteria and identify what does not fit that. Because if you right. just say yes to every single opportunity, at some point you're going to crash and burn in some degree. So I, yeah, that's a, that's a really good reminder. I want to know uh, a little bit about, you know, Holly kind of on a daily basis, you know, what's, what's the most important habit you do every day that sets you up for success? Well, I have coffee. Oh, I yeah. The whole world, it, it's all about the coffee. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I drink too much coffee. Um, I wish that I could say that I've read Miracle Morning. I've read, you know, I've done all of this stuff. I've gone to the I've had trainers that I meet in the morning. I've had meditation and all this kind of stuff. It, it's, it's, it, it, what can I tell you? I get, I go in spurts. And I may do very little, seriously, like one day, and then I may just jam and get amazing stuff done. And I don't know if, if it's not right or wrong, but it is what it is. I'm just, I just wish I could do it, but <laughs> I can't. And so I don't time block. And I've been through a thousand in the corporate world. I've been through a thousand time management classes and all this stuff. And I need help. So what I do is I get people, surround myself with people that are good at that and do keep me on the, on the trail. Like, don't forget, I need this, that, and the other thing, right? Here's mm -hmm. or what do I do? And somebody tells me what to do, I'll do it. You know, as far as like the little stuff, as far as like, you know, getting the mundane, like the form that you sent me today to fill this out, right? <laughs> yeah. I filled it out. I mean, I've had the form. I filled out the form today. Of course, I probably didn't do it right or whatever, but you got the form. Eventually it gets done. But if I was really with it, I would have done the form a long time ago. Well, I think, I mean, what you're really speaking to right now is kind of identifying your strengths and weaknesses and being honest with yourself and not beating yourself up just because you're not like everyone else out there who claims to be, you know, the consistent sort of, you know, unrelenting you know they'll never give up they never stop you know they, they always every single day they're on I mean that's a great reminder for Elevate Nation as well is that you do not have to beat yourself up if someday you just feel off you know one day it's like man I didn't make my early wake up I didn't hit that you know that workout so don't let it you know don't let it just start to you know spill all over into everything else because that's when it starts to get dangerous you know give yourself some grace right before so. I became a mother I used to look at these people that had the gas drops when they're, when they're burping and teething and all this, all this stuff. They go through these things. I was like, I can't believe they give them all these drugs and all this stuff. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. There was, there were on every table. I was like, here, throw the bottle in there. Just <laughs> once it's, you know, half of it, I don't really believe. These parents, they would say, I don't, we don't. 
watch screens in our house and blah, 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 blah. They come over, they knew all the jingles. They're these other kids, you know, her friends. And I was like, yeah, we throw her in front of the Disney channel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, all these parents, all these other kids would come over and how'd they know all the jingles to the commercials and all these, I mean, they were watching something. Right. So right. Part of it is you don't, don't judge your insides by everyone else's outsides. Mm -hmm. I guess your, your, your perfect world theory doesn't always apply to the real world or to your business or to, you know, your family life or to anything. So it's like, all right, well, what works for you? Right. What, what is right. most appropriate for you? And yeah. So, so tell me about, um, tell me about your business right now. I mean, obviously you're growing tremendously and you've done so much already. I mean, tell me about what are you working towards, this year that's got you feeling a little bit uncomfortable that you're striving towards maybe a goal that you're 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 looking to hit well so one of the one of the things that i'm very i want to tell the world about keeping more you know keepmore.com i want to tell the world about the fact that the 0.5 percent or the one percent have been investing like this for a very very long time decades and they tell you readily that they're not paying the taxes that they should be, right? Because our, our but our tax code is incentivizes us to do certain things. And I just didn't know that. I didn't know the difference between private money and, and, and the stock market or whatever. I didn't know the difference between debt investing and equity investing and that equity investing is possible. Because I mean, without a twenty million dollar Goldman Sachs account, right? And and it's possible if you know the right people and and hang with the right folks. So I feel like I feel like I want to spread this to more people. And one of the things that we're we're sort of the government makes these laws that help people, protect people, but they also keep people from learning things while they're protected because if you can't talk about it you can't you know yeah it's, it's still a club right and you don't people don't know how to get in the club and they don't understand the club and they don't think that the, they think that the club is too good to be true so what keep more is all about is spreading the word about this club and and just sharing you know how how they can how people can take advantage of types of investments that are outside of Wall Street. We are our map of the world again. And, you know, if it says fidelity, it must be legit. Well, I'm here to tell you that if you've read the terms and conditions of any mutual fund in America, which, oh, by the way, you have to specifically write them to get, you know, it's pretty frightening. And, and if your financial advisor doesn't, isn't wealthier than you and isn't investing in the things that you're investing in, you know, you should, you should, that should give you pause. And that's kind of what, what I've discovered, you know, in this, in, in this journey. And so what I want to do is spread that and get the, to a wider audience. So I, I very much want to want to write a book. I very much want to um, do as many podcasts and as many speaking engagements as I can. Um, and I, and I, and I just, I just really believe in it. And, and I think that it's so exciting when one of my investors calls me and say, Oh my God, you're right. 
I saved $25,000 on my taxes. I mean, it's just so great. That's awesome. I mean, there's so many things that you just covered there. It's like, you know, the government is trying to, you know, get you to invest in a certain way or act a certain way, but they're not willing to give you the full information. And so I think that's one thing that I really came to realize too, at, you know, at some point in my life is like, maybe it's not just government, but maybe it's other parts of society, or maybe it's lack of information of people who were your role models growing up that they didn't have the correct information. But, you know, once you sort of realize that, hey, here's what's going on, and there's really a different way. It's like, wow, you sort of you, you like start to feel enlightened to a point where it's like, oh my gosh, I've got to start sharing this with other people. So I definitely want to honor you and the fact that you're you know, your message is keep more, like keepmore.com. Definitely go visit her website. But it's all about, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, people work hard for, you know, to earn a living, right? And then your time and energy too, right? Yeah, exactly. Keep more of your choices, keep more of your options. That's why we love real estate. And that's why we love, you know, personal development as well. Because a lot of times it's like, you know, if we can develop ourselves, if we can develop our relationships, we can develop our communication ability, you know, our own understanding of, you know, what information was withheld from us, you know, growing up or, or even just living our lives. You know, if you can combine all these things, you can really elevate and you can really keep more, you know, keep more of what you're is due to you, you know? So. Uh, and I can't stress enough to, I'm just going to say this. There aren't very many women doing this. No, there's not. And I love going to these real estate conferences where the men's, the line and the men's room is really super long. And yeah. you just go right on in. And, you know, I've, and I'm not going to get political here, but I will say that I get it, the corporate world, and I get it that women are, you know, that people are discriminated, but, you know, they're discriminated. People are just, everybody's got their own thing, right? It's not just women. And so once you're a victim, you can never get out of that. I mean, you're stuck. And so there's a lot of people in this world that love to make us victims, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it, it, I'm sorry, but you got to take, you got to figure out everyone has assets and some people, you know what, they're born with more assets than others. It's just the way it is to so get over it. Mm -hmm. Right. It is what it is. And so, so I think that, that if I can help women see that too, that, that, you know, this whole thing about men are so horrible and everything. Are you kidding me? Men are great, you know, but there's some jerks too. And, you know, one time I hit my eye with the washer and dryer. I just a long story, but I had this black eye and I was kidding around that Joe hit me. And somebody said, I don't believe that for a minute. Cause you would deck him. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> You know, awesome. so it's like, it's like you have to, have to do what you can do and that's all we, and it's enough, right? Well, that's the other thing too, is that we've all, you know, we've all got to become the inspiration for other people because we are the leaders um, and, you know, no one else is going to give us this information. Um, I don't know why that is, but I really don't want to be a, you know, a philosopher as to why that's the case. But at this point, you know, let's just help each other and let's elevate other people. That's exactly you know, so, right. I mean, so and that's... If somebody's you know. not in your thinking the way you want to think, you don't have to like everybody, but you can respect right. everybody. And yeah. that's, so I think we're very lacking in that. Yeah. And, and so I think this is the solution. I really do. 
So what I want to do now is I want to kind of transition into our rapid fire section. What we call is this, uh, we call this the rare air questionnaire. And the reason why we call it that is because, you know, most people climbing Mount Everest, theoretically, they gave up, you know, miles ago, hours ago, and they gave up way before it got difficult. And, you know, the reason why that's the metaphor is because, you know, this is a challenging business. It's a challenge to live life at the highest level. And so, um, you know, one thing I'd love to, to know from you is, um, you know, is there, a, is there a book that you would consider the most impactful book that you've ever read? So I always say this, and it's, you know, everybody, I, and there are lots. Um, Tom Wheelwright wrote this book, Tax-Free Wealth, which is oh fabulous. Huge. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, of course. But I love history because I think history repeats itself. Well, I know it does. And there is a book by Rutherford, his name is, I forget his first name, but he wrote, he wrote New York, he's historical fiction, and there's a book called New York. And one of the things about history and real estate is that land was always the measure of wealth. Mm-hmm. Every king, you were king in the middle, you know, in, in the Middle Ages because you had land, you know, and it was, it's, it's the universal truth. Mm-hmm. And, it's amazing to see, I mean, he writes about, it's about five families and their whole tree from the Indians, when Indians, you know, owned our, our nation, right? Um, all the way to the World Trade Center bombing, and, or, or the planes, and the 9-11. And that's what I'm trying to say. And it's, it, it's incredible because he talks about the Rockefellers, he talks about the Astros, and he talks about you know, the power struggles that were taking place. And it, it's really a powerful book because you, you see how things just stay the same. Mm-hmm. Right. It, and, and it, and it's just really fascinating because if you don't understand how you got here, you can never change anything and avoid those same mistakes. And, but even then it was all about the land all like, about the real estate it's been like that for thousands and thousands of years exactly and that's right. what really stuck out stuck out to me about what you were talking about earlier you know, about folks who are you know sort of uh, in the technology space and you know in this rapidly evolving environment which is obviously you know a frontier that many people people can create you know sure. extreme abundance for sure um, but you know real estate continues to be that thing that is tried and true and um, you know, it continues to be something that I would believe in. And obviously, it, it depends on what type of asset we're talking about. We're talking, you know, multifamily, uh, you know, is one that, you know, I think we feel pretty good about uh, going going into the future. And so definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Um, so talk to me, um, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Well, I think we've kind of talked about that. I think it's it's running around with the right people and having yep. that mindset. Um, and, and trying to, I mean, a lot of the things that my parents taught me were good, mm-hmm. right? So keep that good stuff. And then I can also add, add to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been the theme of our conversation is surround yourself with the right people, surround yourself with the appropriate team that can help you, you know, identify your deficiencies and, you know, help you get to the next level. So I, I love that. What's with that thought in mind, what's the biggest way that you elevate your you know, your tribe or the people that are surrounded around you? 
I don't know, you'll have to ask them, right? Um, I think that it's trying to be helpful when I can and trying to encourage when I can and, mm -hmm. and, all, and you know, making it a little more fun because this is supposed to be a good time. And then telling them they're full of it when I think they're full of it. Yeah. You know what I think? I think that another way that you elevate others around you is just through your humor. I mean, a lot of times it's like things get so monotonous and we're, you know, we're doing this, that, and the other, but you know, I've laughed a lot in this conversation and I'm sure many in elevate nation have done the same thing. So I know that that's, that's one little way, but very important way. So uh, definitely appreciate that about you. And yeah, it's fun. Uh, this is a fun business. It is. It's a lot of fun. And this show has been a lot of fun as well. And I really, really appreciate you spending time with us today. And uh, uh, Elevate Nation wants to keep in touch with you. How can they How can they reach you and how can they find out more? Holly at keepmore.com. Holly at keepmore.com. And then also uh, obviously visit keepmore.com uh, or you can find Holly on you know LinkedIn as well as Facebook, uh, Ventures MQ on Facebook. And at you can keep more uh, on Instagram and Twitter, right? In a number of places. And I'm building yeah. all that out slowly but surely. So. Yeah. And, and be on the lookout for her book as well. Uh, keep more is coming out soon. I know that's in process. And uh, just want to remind Elevate Nation, um, you know, really, there's a lot of gold nuggets of wisdom here. So, so listen to the show again, you know, replay it, take some notes and, you know, utilize repetition. Because if you listen to the show, you know, a couple of times you're going to find, you know, some more wisdom, some more nuggets that you can apply into your business immediately and into your life immediately. Ultimately, your business is a vehicle for your life. So don't get lost in that. And also take massive action. Um, share this with somebody, share this with a friend, because you know what, there's more people that need to realize that they have the opportunity of keeping more. And it's not, you know, the answers that society gave us are not the only answers out there. And so uh, with that, Holly, thank you so, so much for being here with us. Thank you. And this is a lot of fun. And your, your podcast is fabulous. And so he, you're exactly right. Everyone should subscribe and listen, pay attention. And it's wonderful. And thank you for having me. Thank you so, so much. And Elevate Nation, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit tylerchesser.com.